Yeah, I can send you that. That's not a problem. So wait, are we all are all three of us going to be on like fancy dancy mics next week? Is that what's going to happen? We're all going to no. sound. Do I sound any different? You do, but I'm not sure why. Well, I'm using a mic with the iPhone tonight that's working with the computer, but the internet's not done until next week. So. Oh, okay. Well, look at that. A new setup coming to the show. CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin State, Sydney, West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, May the 25th. We um, we touched a nerve a little bit last week. Well, now we maybe not touched a nerve. We we gave you plenty to think about, I guess is a good way to, to phrase it, in our um, Tony Bennett draft, our all, all UVA Tony Bennett draft, or however you want to frame it. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of the reaction that we've heard from from you out there since then um and you know clearly why i, I had the best team and then we've we've got some an, another off-season topic um which frankly I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to describe to you it's a fun idea um and i'm not sure where exactly dave got it but we will get into it here in a little bit let's go around and introduce everybody first up in fisherville the uh aforementioned david spence the moderator du jour how's it going my friend it's going well. I'm, I feel like the Cleveland Browns showing up after the draft a week later to explain what they did. But um, yeah, I'm here to defend that team. Who days on the board at who days on Twitter. It's always a good sign when you have to defend, have to, when you have to explain the joke, you know, when you have to explain why you did a thing, that's always a good sign. Um, up in Loudon, staff writer, excuse me, editor in chief, Justin Ferber is also on the program. What's going on, my dude? Yeah. Um, Dave's going to defend his team and, and nobody can defend mine. Wow. Wow, yeah. but well, in the not, other way. I, I thought you know, I thought you, you were going to go in a different direction. I it's thought a you were pun. Gonna, I thought you were going to go. Dub, in, it's a double entendre. <laughs> I thought you were going to go in a different direction and say Dave's going to defend his team, but that's literally all his team can do. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Add Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter and Cavs corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner, great place for the in-game updates, the content names, and the occasional witty banter. All right, so last week we we picked teams. Um, I think it's safe to say that in hindsight that if if I decide not to go with Darion Atkins and I do indeed pick Mami Diakite there, um, I would be the people's champion by far. I think I think that is very safe to say. Uh, I didn't do that. I still think I have the best team. Um, Dave, in hindsight, I mean, because let's be real, like Justin and I picked pretty good teams. I, I don't know what happened <laughs> to you. Um, and that's His no team shame. is fine. His team is fine. It's, we're, we're playing it up for yucks, but, um, you know, it it's just that – it, it, there is a sizable gap between Ferber and, and my, you know, we're, we're up here and you're like, you know, in your own, like, I don't know what the, I, I wish I knew soccer and I could like break out the He's mid table. Okay. Whatever that means. I like how I said a thing and you like, you added on something that I have no idea what that is. Is that a soccer thing? I don't even know. Were you trying to compare him to a team? No, I was trying to, I was trying to say like, you know, there's, there's, 
whatever is above Champions League, because Champions League is actually not the best, right? And whatever U.S. League. soccer is, Champions League is the best. But I we'll, we'll just, Premier League was above that. We we'll uh, we'll it's they're not in the same competition. But you know what? We'll we'll talk about this next week because I don't know what yeah, we're gonna so have next week. So I'll just go through the whole thing. Which is good. Well, actually, I did get a really cool idea uh, from somebody about relegation, um, but we'll we'll save that for another offseason podcast. Oh, uh, don't get me started. Yeah. So, uh, so Dave, I'm going to give you the floor for a few minutes mm-hmm. to sort of talk through the postmortem. A few minutes might be too many. Whatever happened <laughs> in the draft to you. Um, I just want the folks out there to know that uh, on Friday, or the day after that we were, or excuse me, Thursday, the day after we recorded, Dave seconds had, after recording, Dave had basically gone through and figured out essentially all of the steps in the draft and what we would have done, Ferber and I. And what his other his team could have looked like in this alternate universe, right? Which are you know multiverses are all the rage right now. Um, he basically went through and figured out what his team would have looked like. So I'm not sure if you're going to give a proposal for like your alt team, um, no. But I'm just going to let you. Yeah, the floor is yours. Have at it. I mean, first of all, if you in a three man draft having pick one and two, it's probably more advantageous than three, <clears throat> even in a snake draft. But I think someone said it best. If you get DeAndre Hunter, you're going to be hard to beat because he's he's pretty good. But Malcolm too, right? Like you get either two of those guys. Um, look, picking three, four, a kill was a heart pick for me. Like he maybe had been around for me, but most likely I wasn't getting a kill if I didn't take him three or four, just because knowing you guys, right? Especially you, Brad. Like I I know how he ranks on your skill. I doubt he gets back to me at pick nine or whatever it is. Um, so with Hunter and Brogdon off the board, I could either pair Joe and Akil and rebuild the 2013-14 team, or I'd go a little different and go Guy and Akil and get Akil who I really wanted with the hopes that maybe Trey Murphy fell to me in the third round, um, which would be my wing, because that's basically what it equates to. It's like, who is your wing if you if you don't take Joe Harris and Kyle Guy right there? So it was just it was a calculated risk that backfired. Um you know, it is what it is. I had to, and because I didn't have a wing, you know, a proven wing scorer um, like a Joe Harris or Malcolm Brogdon or DeAndre, um, I had to kind of overvalue Jay Huff a little bit. No offense to Mr. Jay Huff, but, you know, I think I picked him ninth just because I got to have someone to score. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, is it or is? I mean, I'd much rather have been the first or second pick. Well, I mean, look, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. I still think that there's a very clear path to how you could have made the third pick uh, not be uh, as much of an albatross as as you'd like to have in the last week or so as you have uh, sort of described it. Ferber, I know I, for me personally, the Darion Momney situation is is a uh, you know a regret of mine. As you looked back on the team and 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 read the comments from folks, did you have anything that you would have changed, or do you like your team just as it is? Uh, I think I would probably just leave it as it is. Um, honestly, I felt like, and I mentioned this, I think to you guys right after we stopped recording in some ways, it was a little easier for me because you guys both had to go back to back before I would pick. So I could kind of just be like, all right, they're going to make, in some ways I felt like you guys made it easier on me. Um, you took Brogdon off the board so I could take Deandre Hunter. Those are the only two players I was really considering. Um, the second round, Joe Harris just fell to me. So I was like, well, that's an easy one. And then on from there, right? Ty Jerome's gone, take Reese Beekman. 
And then after that, I feel like I did a decent job of filling out my roster with guys that complement each other. And the one thing I will say, if I'm advocating for my team, um, I think like I probably have the best ball handlers, like between all, like in terms of depth, um, because I have like more guards on my bench. I feel like than you guys had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not looking at the rosters, but um, yeah, I mean, I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> Somebody texted me that was listening to the show when I drafted Beekman over Perantis, and I, it was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, yeah, well, just keep listening because <laughs> I got both of them. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I think that whenever you do something like this, you know, and drafts in general can be a little bit wonky. The, the, the moves you make in the moment, sometimes you're going to come back later and think, Oh, this or Oh, that I think that's totally natural. But I also think that one of the problems that we run into here is that um, we are, we were picking from a very specific finite amount of, of guys, right? And so many of them, um, the way they fit together, you've seen, right? So there's this there's this natural inclination to not want to put guys next to guys who they actually played with, if that makes any sense. And so it's a fun exercise, and and I've I've gotten somebody who wanted us to do, um, you know, something more, you know, something like this, but slightly different. So we'll we'll talk about that as the off season rolls. Yeah, but. I'd like to see if we could do a football version of this. Yeah, I think um, that's uh, yeah, that would yeah. definitely be fun too. I think but, we would have to do like from the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, we'd have to because have to like have you can't just sun, limit sunrise. it to Bronco players. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, I'm sure, but like it would be more fun that way. The problem is, I was thinking about it. Like two of us are going to get cool. Well, we could do like you know two offensive linemen or something. I don't know how that would work, but like. The problem is, what happens when you get past the first two quarterbacks? <laughs> like somebody, somebody's going to get stuck with. Uh, yeah, somebody's somebody's trying out, you know, Matt Johns or whatever. Oh, you can get um, Kurt Benkert. You no, know. you can get Kurt. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 no, you get right. that's true. You can get Kurt and Brennan and and, and Bryce. Yeah, Kurt um, Benkert and Akil Mitchell. <laughs> I still think, Dave, <laughs> as I look back on it, in your spot, if you draft Kyle Guy and Joe Harris, and then just see where the chips fall, I think that. That that is your other play. You went yeah, you went the direction you went, but I, I and 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 no because I did prepare most of that day thinking I was going to be picking third. Um, that's who I assumed, right? It would be I would have gone Joe Harris and then I would have gone Kyle Guy and I would have dared somebody to stop me. All right, speaking of of things, let's let's talk about what we're going to do tonight. Um, and I sure, take it away. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm not sure how to phrase it, um, and I'm going to let Dave sort of explain it. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I'm, I am going to try to encapsulate it. For all intents and purposes, what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about our favorite like things that make us think of people. Um, so it's this is not necessarily like um, plays per se, right? This is not like you know what's your favorite, um, you know, moment moment by this guy, but a thing that makes you think of that person, right? Or so the Dave, NBA sports in general, right? I mean, tell, that's tell the kind people, of the idea. Yeah, tell the people what where you came up with this, how this happened, yeah. and and I mean, it's and not grossly original. Um, Chris Long did something similar on his podcast. They did a draft of like player accessories and, um, you know, Embiid's face mask and like um, Kurt Rambis's uh, eyeglasses came up, and it just got me like thinking that day. Like, man, there's some Virginia stuff that's pretty iconic to me. Um, you know, like Poindexter's visor. Um, Patrick Kearney's okay, well, wait, no, no, you, no, no, you I'm not, not going to go more than that, no, but yeah, just give people a yeah, couple yeah, examples. Stop. Yes, but yeah, please. 
Something we don't have that think, much content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't want to ruin ruin our list. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how to describe them. But something that you know you associate with player or coach, and whether it's an accessory or like a signature move or a signature look or whatever, I think we can be pretty just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So for so example, not a completely Joey original Blunt, idea. But Joey Blunt had the most intricate finger taping I've ever seen on a player. So if you really wanted to, you could say like, hey, Joey Blunt's finger tape or whatever. Um, so who wants to go first? How do we want to how do we want to work this, Dave? This is this is your this is your bit. Tell me you know, how we discussed it. doing it as a draft. I think that's not as fun. Like, I think we just spitball ideas. And if someone wants to kind of keep track, we can rank the top 10 at the end. Um, right, then well, have I, I vote for it. one of y'all to keep track. We can just, uh, yeah, we can get it done tomorrow. We can okay. just like go back. In that case, all right, let's just do, let's well, just we do our rank reg- it tonight. Well, well, all right. Well, calm down. <laughs> um, well, in that, well, like I said, I, I vote for one of y'all to keep track of it. Um, mm-hmm. All right. For well, let's see. For tonight, let's let's ha- let's have some sort of order. We won't go snake. Um, we will just go normal, traditional. Well, Dave's complaining about his pick, so let him go first. I was gonna say, let's let Dave go first. Uh, <laughs> Owner, do you want to go second, or you want me to go second? Just reverse oh, the last order, Rick. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I got <laughs> I, my, my first pick is going to be something that is nobody outside of maybe like five people know about. Okay. So. Wow. All right. So but I'm gonna ex- I'm gonna explain it to the people. <laughs> well, I hope so. All right, Dave, you go first. What's your What's your first uh, uh, UVA knickknack? Well, if we're gonna do it this way, I'm gonna have to go with this one just because I'm I'm an older guy, and this guy was such a part of why I became a Virginia fan, but. The George Welsh hat toss. Yeah, like, it's pretty that's, iconic. Yeah, I don't really know what that is. Never heard of it. I mean, is that something that he like literally? Can you like explain it to me? Because well, there's all right. For, wait, for when they, when they brought him back, the time, when they brought him back for the Cav Man, he actually threw the hat and it like hit the uh, other mascot. But it's an iconic thing. Like when he was really fired up, he would toss his hat, and that's how like you like when he was hat. yelling at the refs. Or any, like when he was it's angry. usually our own guys. Yeah, yeah. usually <laughs> disgust. Yeah, yeah, when he was when he was angry, yeah. that's how you knew he was like really angry. Kind of like when a coach takes his jacket off. Yes, like kind of. Okay. Yeah, similar something. Except similar, but... worse because it was like your grandfather being mad at you towards <laughs> the end. Yeah, right? so he's like mad and disappointed all at once. Yeah. Um, Somebody should, is like in the media guide, like keeping track of like this player has been <laughs> the victim of the hat toss three times this year or whatever. <laughs> I just realized that's a perfect good way to age our podcast. Whoever thinks that's a great first pick. Is probably thirty-five or older. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a great first pick. It does sound pretty iconic. I've just never seen like the video of it. I feel like. Oh um, my god, that's mind Can find we introduce it. this dude to YouTube? I mean, like come we on. still do that in the stands when Virginia makes a bad play. Yeah. Like. Well, now and and so so Ferber, you have homework, which is to to go. And, I'll go. I'll I go hope, find. I'll, I'll go I, find. If the it. folks out there are tweeting at you now, I'm, I you know you kind of deserved it. I'm not gonna lie. You. you I you hope they're not tweeting at me now. I mean, we you have brought this on yourself. I'm saying when <laughs> yeah. they listen to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you have brought this on yourself. They're tweeting right. now. We need to check the security on this Zoom. That's I'll go a, back and yeah, I'll go back and check it out. That's the that's an that's a nerdy Obi Wan reference for the folks who are excited about that show dropping this week. All right, but I'm also I also get to be the voice of people younger than me who have no idea who that even is <laughs> that, so fair. like they're like what are they talking about that's fair all right forever you want to go second or you want to go third i'll go second okay good because you better not steal mine that's all i'm saying uh, mine is really dumb and you guys will probably like it but uh, nobody else will get it but i'll re- i'll respond to when you post the the podcast on twitter with a picture um or at least one that i find to explain this 
I'm drafting um, for my draft pick. I, I want us to to look up to the heavens because I'm going with the Telestrator in the sky. Oh my God! No, he's not. <laughs> so the Telestrator in the sky is, which is a great acronym if you can think of it. I won't. I won't say what it is here, but but you know, if you want to put that together, you can. So what was my last round pick, whatever the last round is going to be. And I don't want this to come off as like making fun of somebody, but I think we all kind of noticed at some point during the Bronco Mendenhall era that in press conferences, when he would like have to kind of search for an answer or like wanted to give a very like thoughtful response, he would have this tendency to like look straight up into the sky. And then he would come back and like make eye contact with the person who asked the question. You picked this. I can't. Yeah, and this. and it's and it once you once you notice it, you just will notice it over and over and over and over and over again in the press conferences. So I will find a. I will find this is much more obscure, I think, than the hat toss. Um, <laughs> but but I will I will do my best to pull a press conference video, and I guarantee you it will not take me more than a few minutes to find an example. I, of this. I, I, I have never and this is more than we had. A this Patreon. is a, this is basically a CazCorner.com <laughs> podcast inside joke. Yes, um, this for is, years. Yeah, five years. Wild, wow. Um, I, it's not, and I want to be clear. Bronco didn't just do this when he was outside. He did this anywhere he was. Oh right? yeah, any press conference. He, he could be yeah. inside in the press conference after the football, you know, in Scott Stadium, and he would look up. And he and he did it so like like often that it clearly was something that he's done for a long time. This was not something if, he did. If it wasn't often, year. we wouldn't be talking about it because we noticed it and we're like, yeah, he does do that a lot. Now, in full disclosure, I I, I certainly understand as somebody who yeah, obviously podcasts right. Uh, it's very easy when you're talking on like a podcast to sort of like close your eyes and think about something, right? So in a way, looking up, um, you know, and 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 I just did it. I don't know if you could hear my my voice change as I like turn my head up, but like looking up. But he would do it all the time. And and for those of us who are posting videos of his press conferences and looking for you know freeze frames to to put on the front of it, him looking up was the easiest thing I could find because he did it so often. Um, and yeah, reading the telestrator in the sky. Wow. All right. That's, that's just absolutely incredible. I cannot believe, I just cannot believe you did that. That is, that is so well done. I can't even put it into words. All right. For my choice, I don't, I don't think we're not technically drafting. So for my pick here, um, I'm, I guess my choice, um, for my paraphernalia, I am going to go with Antonio Dingle's, uh, contacts. His red just for the lenses. record, guys, I already found one. I see it's that easy. Like, yeah, that's 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 what it, it's what it's like. Um, I remember going to UVA game. Gosh, what year would that have been? I want to say Dingle was like a junior, and I was down at the wall. Our seats were in one twenty, and I was down at the wall, and he came around, and I had my hand out, and he. And he went to, you know, give me five, but his, his entire arm, like, hit my arm, right? And he looked at me with these red eyes, and I just will never, ever forget. Like, I was not, I didn't even realize how bruised my arm was from how hard he hit. I mean, he was, I mean, he was absolutely just, just bananas, just fired up. I, I, I did not even realize how hard he hit me because his, his red contact lenses were just like, and that was like one of those, like that was a time when like you just did not see that that often. And that guy, that was one eccentric dude. Um, and I loved watching him play. And I he scared the you know what out of me that day. Um, but yeah, so give me give me <laughs> give me Antonio Dingles, red contact lenses. That's a great pick. Like I was definitely on my list. Um, just 
and it's something you wouldn't notice unless you were a nerd and paid close attention. Like if they showed a close up in the game, you could see it, but you, you kind of had to see it in person to see it because of where TVs were in the night, late 1990s versus now. Um, did I ever tell you all the dingle dunking on me at, at the Dell? Yeah, story? I think I've heard. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that one's good. Like that, that boy could get up. You go on. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, for, for anyone that Antonio heard, Dingle you know? who didn't want to run the court like I didn't because I was out of shape. He just big guy, and they threw the ball ahead to him. I was like, oh, I'm going to go up and block this. Not so much. <laughs> All right, for, uh, let's see, Dave. It's back to you. What's uh, what's your next your next choice? So many options. Um, what do I want to do next? Yeah. Oh. I'll do the Chris Long L, you know, the yeah, sack Yeah, that's dance. pretty good. That was my next um, one. That was my next one. You don't have to explain that one to me. Yeah. Especially in For the was like he's seen, he's seen that one once or twice. I would just say, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pick this, but just to, just to echo what, what you said there, Dave, like the sack against Maryland would probably be, like, the yeah, one thing. Perfect that kinda, we asked him about it, actually, on the podcast, um, how he just, like, destroyed that guy's life. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He was like the guard tried to do something dumb, and I just like went by him basically. The end. <laughs> All right, Ferber, you're next. All right, I got a few different things I'm kind of pondering here. Um, at risk of this being a little bit too much like my last one, um, I'm kind of just going with things that amuse me. If you can't tell, um, not necessarily like oh that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I, I have to go with Mike London pregame speeches. Who do you play for? I was going to say this is I know where this is going. Yeah. There's so many different ones I, and and they became less cool by the day. <laughs> like every game I mean it, like in 2011 some of those pregame speeches were like people were like Dan, he's got the boys fired up for this one. They're going to show it, you know, every time and then there's a reason ESPN kept showing them because they were pretty good. And then by the end it was the, you know, it was basically like, well, the guys don't seem too fired up. Pick six on the first play of the game. Um poor Mike. But it it's something that I'll always associate with him because like, I guess Bronco is like the most stoic sort of person to come after him and grow. Isn't really like a big speech giver, I would imagine. So he's just so different in that regard. And, you know, it just shows you like when things are going well, you know, you're recruiting well, you're winning games, like that sort of stuff can like make, can like have an impact. And then when things kind of turn the other way, it's like, you realize like how little that stuff actually matters if that makes sense. I think that, you know, he built a lot of relationships with his players that really lasted. And I think they, you know, his players really wanted to play for him, but I think like getting guys fired up to play and stuff like that, it only goes so far yeah. when you're not actually prepared. Right. Right. Yeah. You can, the bluster and the, and the, and the hype can only get you so far. I also um, love in the, like any given Sunday, he gives that speech, right. You know, I've everybody seen it inches speech Al Pacino yeah. gives. They right. immediately give up a kick return touchdown, like in the first play of the game. <laughs> so I think the joke is like, well, that didn't really do anything. There's, like, a similar, there's a similar moment in Game of Thrones when Theon Greyjoy is going off on a tangent and some dad just knocks him out. It's like, all right, that's mm-hmm. great. I'm glad we got that over with. Yeah. Um, for my next pick, I'm going to go with Kyle Guy's man bun. Mm, good choice. Um, Shouldn't have lasted this long. <laughs> shouldn't have been on the board. This was this was the uh, Dave not taking uh, Joe Harris at four pitching strays. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Listen, I was never, I didn't, I, I never thought the man bun like looked good. It certainly never, I was not like, ooh, <laughs> like I wish I had grown a man, but it was not that. I just always appreciated that the kid wore it and just did not, he gave like n- zero, he could not care less, right? About like what he heard about it on the road, whatever. And it definitely crept into this territory of like, no, no, he's actually like thriving specifically because people like want to pick on it so much. And I've just, that was the first athlete I think I've covered who relished the opportunity to get you super fired up and then shut you up. Like, I've never, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've still covered anybody who just enjoyed that as much as five did. I just think that the man bun was such a perfect sort of moment in time because you think about Virginia basketball to that point. And I'm not saying like, they're not they're you know, they're like the, you know, Detroit Piston bad boys or whatever, but like. This was this was a program that largely like its attitude was like all of the pillars, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that it, it, this was something different, right? This was it was not, like they finally turned heel, like it, a little a bit, right? But it, but it also he was like having such like mischievous fun with it, you know. It was obviously something completely harmless, and his whole point was like, yeah, you can talk smack about it, but you, you're not going to be able to beat me. Um, and I just thought that his confidence and stuff, the fact that he's the guy who went to the free throw line, made three free throws with like basically no time on the clock to send him to the national championship game. I mean, of course he is like anybody who's willing to wear that hairstyle in the ACC and, and catch as much flack as he caught and do it, you know, and I mean, he could change that up at any point. Right. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. It, it, to this day, I still think it's one of the uh, more underrated sort of like flexes. It's just that, yeah. like, he didn't he didn't just do it and was like, oh, man, that was dumb and cut it off after a couple weeks. No, no, he rode with that thing as long as he could all season long um, just to mess with people. Um, I respect and he it. didn't do it his last year, you know. He did it right. early in his career. Yeah, he did it early in his career when he hadn't necessarily, you know, um, announced his it – was, I guess it was his, like, way of announcing his presence with authority. But, yeah, super respect the flex for sure. All right, Dave, you're next. What you got? I mean, wait, how many are these Herbers are we next. doing? Yeah. Ferber's next. I thought Ferber already went. No, I, I went third. It's not a snake draft, right? Yeah. No, I thought I went third. Yeah, we each have two. Yeah, you're, you're next. Oh, I'm next. next. Sorry, I wrote, already wrote it down. Yeah, my fault. I already wrote down what I was going to do um, because I mentioned it earlier, and I think it's iconic to Virginia for a guy my age especially, and I know Brad will like this one too, um, Anthony Poindexter's visor. Um, yeah. Old just, Dex. I mean, visor is just the easy thing to point out. It was that whole dude's look. We've talked about it multiple times. Yeah. That dude was just the baddest guy on the field. People weren't really wearing those back then, back like as much, right? I mean, I mean, some, but you know, not not at safety. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah, that the guy that always stood out to me in that regard was Rivers, Philip Rivers. Oh yeah, I was like, oh yeah, he's like a quarterback with a visor. Like that's interesting. Yeah, I forgot. That was about a few him. years later, um, and like LT, like Ladanian Tomlinson. Um, I think Dex wore it better. Yeah, yeah, I like the Dex photos. That kind of like. He wore that like in games. You know, a lot of guys wouldn't wear that like in a game. Um, that was cool. Yep. All right, Ferber, you're up. All right, Brad, you kind of inspired me. I was going to go in a different direction, but um, I I'm going to go with the DeAndre Hunter Tiger on Kyle Guy pregame freestyles. Oh my god, I hate you right now. Ugh. I forgot okay. about this until yeah, you mentioned Kyle Guy, and then I was I like, know. "Oh yeah, I, I should have gone with this first, but I thought the man bun would." So this is last. something if you didn't like actually go to games or like wouldn't be paying attention to this sort of thing, you might not even know it happened. Um, but like every game, like during warmups, those three guys would like. And I think it was only the last year, the championship year. Um, 
they would just like get together and like clown around for like 30 seconds or so. And they like, we found out later that they were just like rapping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it was just like a cool thing. It was like, all right, this is like part of the pregame sort of ritual for this team. And you follow them that season, you know, as they went, I remember watching them. I have a video of it actually of them doing it before the title game. Yeah. And it's like, wow, they got it all the way to here. All the like, and they're there. still yeah. doing this. And they're still doing um, this thing. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was just a cool thing. They clearly had a lot of fun with it. And that was kind of one of the things that stands out to me the most about that team was how loose they were. And I think that really obviously showed obviously in some of those games down the stretch, but like that they were always like joking around laughing. Like they never really seemed like they took themselves too seriously, even when the stakes were really high. So like, I just always like, um, that's one of the things that kind of sticks with me about that group, especially those three guys. Yeah. I always thought too, it was funny because remember that time I forget what Kyle hurt. He like maybe hurt his knee. Mm -hmm. And so he had to do these like weird stretches with the band before the game. And well, so there was one this, game where Ty couldn't play because he was hurt. Yeah, and he was. And that's he, right. He, he was he out there. Jumped in there. Yeah, he was out there in slides. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so so Kyle is over here and he's doing this weird. He's got he's got to like squat and he's got a, he's got it has the band on on his uh just above his knees, and he's and he's like opening and closing like I guess he's stretching his hip flexor or something. I don't even know. And Mike Curtis is there working with him, but he's like in the middle of the like three man thing. And like I think the thing that people need to understand is that like. Virginia runs a pretty tight ship, right? I, I yeah. think that part and and like for so for three dudes to just like randomly go off by themselves in pregame, right? There's not a lot of like wasted time where you're just like exactly around. like you're not just you know. And this was not like a um this was not like a hey they were supposed to be doing something like I I'm I'm convinced that they like essentially created this opportunity for them to go do their thing, and yeah. They basically and people are just like, well, they're veterans, like they can they can do what they want, that. and I kind of <laughs> love the fact that they that they were able to do it, um, and then you know, like like Ferber said, like take it all the way to the end. Um, gosh, man, I'm I'm really I'm really angry that that you did the that you got that one. All right, so my, for my next one, give me give me Bryce Perkins and the three to the neck. Um, I I'm I'm not entirely sure that everybody really understood what that was. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure I understand what it is. I didn't until like he kind of spelled it out a little. Now, later, okay, so then correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean he's three, you know, three, you know, to the neck when he has neck injury and, and yeah, it was specifically like for the neck injury. Yeah, like that's yeah. And so, so for folks who who maybe haven't seen it, you know, he would he would score a touchdown or whatever, and he would put three fingers as if he was going to say you know three, and he would actually tap his neck three times, three to the neck. Um, and I just thought that like. A, a, kind of similar a little bit in, in some ways to, to Kyle and the man bun, like to use something that was so potentially negative in your life and harness it that way and continue to sort of remind yourself of it. Um, I just thought that that took a lot of guts, but also, I mean, it's so unique. Like you see dudes do all kinds of stuff, you know, you know, Tyler Papa used to knock on his helmet, you know, um, you see a lot of guys do different stuff. I, you know, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite as unique as three to the neck. I just think that that is such a Bryce Perkins, like it's just a moment in time sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought it was one of the, one of the cooler sort of celebrations that I've ever seen at UVA. Yeah. And much like the Chris Long L, you know, which was used by Centum afterwards, you know, we got Wicks using the three to the neck now yeah, with that's right. Provisioner Perkins. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like an homage. All right. So, with the 
Cover yeah, we're not, don't do pick. don't do picks. My next choice is you, uh, you, just because you want to you want to make people forget about the last draft. You, that's not this is not hey, technically a draft. We're not technically drafting. We're choosing. Hey, I mean, the last draft. So many people defended my team. I felt like my mom had multiple burner accounts. <laughs> so um, anyway, the I don't want to pick this one this early, but I think it probably should have been earlier. Uh, it's a Pete Gillen timeout. <laughs> this is way too late for a Pete Gillen timeout. That's true. It would have come earlier. Uh, with yeah. rapidity, man, he, you know, I was thinking about earlier about like the way that that man sweat. Um, and I was thinking like, could you do like one of his sweaty shirts or something? But I think the timeouts even better. Um, that dude called some, some really outlandish timeouts, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily like, I mean, I'm sure some of them, you know, you're thinking like, yeah, that probably is a good time for a timeout. But you probably shouldn't use all of them just because they're good times for timeouts because you only have so many of them. Um, machine gun timeout is 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 kind of timeless. No pun intended. I mean, how um, many games do we not have any timeouts left with like ten minutes ago? That's what I was going to ask you because I don't remember. I don't remember as well. Um, I, I remember this being a thing, but it was like that costly down the stretch in games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. frequently, man. Like, <laughs> he like, just was like, day, I gotta like, get a stoppage. And Tony Bennett is the exact opposite. Right, you know, Tony. Tony's um, the ultimate let him play coach, and it um, was honestly Lado kind of benefited from it because when he didn't call a timeout right away during a little bad run, he got credit for being a better coach than he really was. You know, oh, he let him go a few possessions, see if they could correct it themselves. Like a He'd normal, and be like ten two run. <laughs> the other scores, other team scores, timeout. Awesome. Sounds sounds like it was a great time. I mean, I remember <laughs> it. It just. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't remember like the implications of the timeouts, but the machine gun timeout. Duke is Duke is another Pete Gillen thing. Um, he, his accent would, would be awesome too. Um, uh, drinking on the corner with the players. That's another Pete Gillen thing. <laughs> yeah. That just sounds like fun. Um, all right. So I guess I'm up. Is that right? Yeah, you're up. Okay. Um, I had a couple different thoughts. I'm going to go with the uh, not he's not in this role anymore, but the former Scott Stadium announcer guy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he had the most distinct like cadence um, and just all that like just sounds like UVA football to me, if that makes sense for so many years. Chase Minifield. Oh, my goodness. We could do a like rivers on a heater list. tonight. He really is. Ferber, you're, you're officially banned from all drafts from now on, okay? I was honestly, like, not prepared for this at all either. I was like, I'm not going to have be able to come up with anything. But, Dave, you're right. You're like, you'll you'll think of stuff as we go. Yeah, like, yeah. I, what happens to me is I keep thinking of one, and then I lose it. I keep having to, like, remember it in the, in the like, spur of the moment. I have but no yes. idea what that guy's name is, and I feel really bad. I'm Micah sure Kaiser. Up right now. Like, yeah, I can exactly. think of every UVA player for, like, two generations, and I can hear him say his that kid's name. You know, um, yeah, I've got we, it. When we, when, we talked when about this, oldest, though, oh, sorry. we talked about this at one point and somebody came through and said, like, oh, yeah, and he's a really nice guy or whatever. Um, he's doing baseball, they, right? Yeah, he's I think he's doing baseball. Yeah. Um, what's the most iconic name that you heard him say, Ferber? Uh, it, has to be a, it has to be a name that has like multiple syllables in the last yeah. name. Yeah. Like I just I did Chase Minifield like that one kind of sticks with me. Um, I'm trying to think of like the name that I heard him say the most. Um, maybe like a like Marcus Hagens or something. I, I mean, yeah, I feel like he said Micah Kaiser's name a lot. Micah, yeah, he made a lot of yeah. tackles. Quinn, Kaiser, Quinn Blanding. He had like this weird like cadence, but it just sounded cool. 
Yeah, it um, it's much better than Bane like, Rainforest, that's for sure. Everybody does this now, but I kind of liked when they incorporated the another Cavalier first down thing. In yeah. the, like that was something like that not everybody was doing, and then it kind of caught on to where it's like every team in the world does it. Right. Um, but yeah, it was that was cool. Um, yeah, everything he did, like he had just had a good cadence, had good energy, big booming voice. Um, even like his ad reads and stuff, it just had like a sort of a, it just had like a Scott stadium feel to it. You yeah, know, like when you yeah. would hear his voice come over the PA and, I, and no shade to the, to the guy that's doing it now, but I always associate him much more with basketball. Right. Yeah, that's, so like, yeah, cause he was there first. I mean, yeah. it's so wild to me that he both uh, Scott stadium guy who's uh, again, apologies out there to the Scott stadium guy that we don't know your actual name and old stadium guy um, both yeah. hung it up at the same time. You that know? guy is like the complete opposite. If we had like right. a things I don't want to draft game, like his voice was so distinct, but he was like so nasally. <laughs> First down, hookies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Tyron Taylor's pass complete. Did Garrett Boykin. <laughs> I have a, right. uh, Riley was a kickoff captain. My, my oldest was a kickoff captain the night Virginia beat Miami, like Bronco's first big win. And I've got the video of her running out to get the tee in the second half, and you can hear his voice in the background. Um, announcing her name and where she's from that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know, honestly, what we had, we had a text com- conversation about it. Like, cause we heard his name over the, heard his voice over the baseball highlights. Like I didn't realize how much I missed him until I heard his voice again. Um, yeah. Brent, can we start a petition to get him back? I don't know. I don't know how that works, but. I don't, I don't really honestly like, I don't really have a problem with like the current person. No, you know no. what I mean? Like it has nothing to do with him. Um, it's just one of those things where it just sounds like UVA, and I you know that that's going to change at some point. Like those guys always kind of get phased out of those jobs, and so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, he he definitely had like an iconic sort of thing. It's something I'll never really forget, honestly. So for my for my next pick, I'm I'm going to get weirdly uh, specific. All right, so there was a changeover in UVA's jerseys during the time of Tiki Barber from Reebok to Nike, right? I thought you were going to do the new basketball jerseys. <laughs> no, no, those will definitely never, ever make That'll be on list. a different list we do. Yeah, it'll be something completely different. All right, so they had that old style, which was like, you know, with the they had the orange sort of collar, right? Yeah. Um, And, dude, I, I'm sorry, but those jerseys were so tough. But then they came back shortly thereafter, and they had the one that had the columns on it. Columns, yeah. And, dude, uh, those columns, I mean, as much as, I mean, I would bring back, like, the Tiki Barber era, you know, the the solid blue with the white numbers, with the orange outline and the orange collar. Like, super plain with the V on the, on the shoulders and stuff. I would bring those back in a heartbeat, simply because the numbers are so much better. But, like... That whole time frame for jerseys, and when they went to Nike, and then, but I mean those la- those last like those those ones with the columns, like that is so very much my stuff, like very much my stuff. Like I can see Tika Barber running through the rain, you know, against Texas. Um, it's just I don't know those jerseys. That was a very specific time in history, and um, I, I think about it fondly. So there you there you go. I, I kind of smuggled in an extra. Uh, a couple of things in the jersey, the oh, collar discussion, good. but there you go, the collar of the jerseys in the in the in the mid to late nineties. All right, Dave, you're next. What All you right. got? 
going through my list to see which one I need to make sure we get on here. Um, one I want to add that people won't like as much. So I kind of mentioned, uh, let's go with London Perante's hair. Yeah, we got, did, we got Kyle Guy's man bun, but London's like hair got to the point where it was like 18 inches tall at some points. Um, yeah, I'll put him on the list. That's a good choice. Until Barry's response, that was a great one. Underrated, <laughs> underrated hair, I would say, for him. I couldn't pick him in the last draft because you took him, so I'll get him here. That's true, yeah. Doesn't quite work the same way, I guess, but um all right so that's up to me now um i have like one really weird one but i don't really want to do it um oh man this is where it starts see this is where it starts to get tricky um i'm going to do this is like a totally like one for me situation um do you remember elton brown the basketball player very much yeah, he he made a big shot against Florida State one time and did like the Gator Chomp, which I oh, think yeah. he did inadvertently because he mixed up the teams. <laughs> I just thought that was an amazing thing, um, and I, I would love to grab that with this with this pick and just laugh about that for the rest of time. It was just hilarious. Like I got shown. I remember watching the highlights of that. Like over. I wonder if that's still on YouTube somewhere where I could find that. Um, and it's just like, that's what UVA basketball was at this time. It's like, they're not good, but they might be Florida State on a random like Saturday afternoon and somebody might do the wrong celebration. <laughs> yeah, that's actually really funny. Um, <laughs> I don't have any recollection of that, but I do have a very clear recollection of Elton Brown. Um, let's see. So it's my turn. Not to be confused with the football Elton Brown, who was yes. there pretty much at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we're trying our best to sort of stay away from plays. Um, so I can't, you, you yeah. mentioned Elton Brown. And so all I could think about was him just destroying poor DBs pulling for Wally Lundy or whoever. Um, but I'm actually going to go back to basketball here. And this is a very specific one. I, I'm sure that somebody else did this, but I very specifically remember it beginning in my mind's eye, my own head cannon with Akil Mitchell not allowing opposing players to make a basket after a whistle. Yeah, it's and, like a Kevin Garnett thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm again, I'm 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 certainly not saying that like Akil was the first player to ever do this or anything like that, but it certainly was in from in terms of UVA, he was the first guy who and then like it sort of got passed out. <laughs> I forgot that he did that. And he would and he would I mean, dude, he would bust his ass to get across the lane, to get a hand in the cylinder to keep a ball from going through just to make sure that the guy couldn't see a shot go in, right? And I always thought that it was one of those attitude things that like I was really I really appreciated about that they that, that we had a guy on the team who could do who would do that, right? And then Darion started doing it. And then they, you know, it kind of caught on. Now I don't know if they do it as much anymore. I know Mamadi used to do it. Um, but certainly Akil was the guy I first saw do it and I really appreciated that about him. So give me Akil Mitchell uh goaltending after the whistle. Um Add that to my list. All right, what do you want to do? Let's do like three more each. You want to do that? How's that sound? Yeah, it gets sure. a little hairy as you get down here, because especially I think there's some advantages to being older. I don't know if this is one of them, because uh, <laughs> for something to be good, or, you know, for me to remember something for 30 years, it has to be pretty good. Um, I'm going to go back to another coach, um, just because I like the guy more than most do. I'm going to go with the Al Grow tucked-in sweatshirt. 
Wait, you're not you're not gonna go with Algro and the Man in the Mirror bringing the poem? <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Uh, you see, know, I let's... think that's like, uh, yeah. I, I I've got a soft spot in my heart for Algro because he, he was a decent dude, um, good guy. His players still love him, but to me, like just seeing him with those khakis and that gray sweatshirt tucked in with that leather Virginia belt, <laughs> you know, that that's Algro to me. I think like I kind of want to go on like a little Algro tangent. Um, I kind of feel like that was, I don't want to say it definitely wasn't where UVA football peaked, but it feels like he made some changes around the program that like kind of modernized the program for better or worse. And I felt like that kind of created really good atmospheres. Um, you know, like, I don't want to say they like professionalized it, but they were like, Hey, people should wear orange, like stuff like that. And I think that kind of like, um, I just remember like pretty fondly that time where it was like games are always packed. Um, yeah. It felt like people were really into the game and like embraced what he was trying to do. Um, and it felt like he was like the right guy for the job and it just kind of fell apart at the end there. But I mean, like it did feel like things were kind of um, like, I don't know, like, and this is not obviously a knock on his predecessor, but it felt like UVA, he was trying to like take UVA from where they were to like maybe um a different place in the game or something. I don't know. And maybe bringing some, like, I don't want to say NFL influence, but he was coming from the league and just different ideas around like what people should do. I know people got on it like, Oh, like, you know, he was kind of like telling people they didn't need to dress up for games and stuff anymore. And I know that that was sort of like, not everybody got on board with that, but um, I mean, like the atmospheres and stuff just haven't been the same since that time. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought it'd be interesting to do like a postmortem of the Algro era, but I just don't think people, as a podcast, but I don't think the average fan would want to listen. Yeah. Um, I think you'd have to get someone like, not to bring his name up for the fourth time tonight, but Chris Long like adores the guy, right? So if you get yeah. him to come in and talk about him, maybe they'll listen to the changes. Yeah. But yeah, it's and, and I think you remember. I don't know if you're aware of this, Dave, but we did have him. We on did the have podcast. him on the podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> not saying, that Dave's you know. salty or anything. Yeah, not that I'm salty. Um. All right, Ferber, your choice? Yeah, okay. Got a couple different options here. Um, Let's see. I am going to go with um, a controversial choice. Oh, no. Here we go. It's not controversial. Um, Tony Bennett's single and only technical foul. (laughs) It was in his first season as the coach here, I believe. Um, At the end of the year. I I think it was the last game of the year. Um, he threw his jacket. We were talking about people throwing jackets earlier. Um, yeah, I think he earned it. I think he got his money's worth. There's a really good picture of it online. Like you can find it still um, of him just very, very angry. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, okay. And I remember I was, I, I couldn't watch that game live for whatever reason. I was in the car and they were talking about it on the radio about like how it's his first career technical foul. And I was just like, oh man, that's crazy. You know, I'm sure it won't be his last. And he literally doesn't have one since. So go figure. All right, I have I have two really good ones now, and I swear to God, if one of y'all steals one of these, just take them both. Who cares? No, 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 no. We're, we're gonna play by the rules, and if somebody if somebody says one of the, the second one before I get a chance to, I will lose my mind, and I'll just it'll be it'll be good uh, podcast fodder. Um, the first one is swag surfing. Um, oh, okay. I really like. I I am a sucker for. You anything. think it sticks around? I don't. That's a great question. I was if the fourth side can stick around. Swag surfing. Seriously, okay. If we did a if we did a draft of things that I wish would go away, 
we right? could we, we could right um but we got I, like 15 I was, weeks still football i just starts. love i love anytime like the team and the and the fans are doing the same thing right i just think that that is cool right that whether they're chanting the same thing or they're singing the same song or making the same hand movements and stuff i do believe that uva is about to become a four quarter you know four fingers up you know team any um, reason why is that like clemson thing or something i, I think I, I saw him do it at the spring game and i think that's going to be a thing that tony and them do but anyway I'm very curious to see if it sticks around, but there's something just about the swag surfing because, like, the kids got so jacked for it, and and the crowd, you know, would get so excited and went, "Oh, I love anything like this that crosses like the generational lines, right?" So you had you had all these old folks and such, you know, who had no swag idea. Swag surfing the song really was. connects with the with the boomers. The, and I think it, well, it's not just them; it's like uh, you know, all ages. Like I, first, I didn't know what the song was, you know. And but I mean I, I was cool and like the the sell I mean like the guys would just get so excited and so then it became a thing, right? And every you know you just really hope that, that you really hope that the team had the lead at a certain you know so I mean so that like when that time came you know it, it would be on so yeah give me swag surfing I'll take that. That's how these things should happen. Yes, like people very yeah. much want to they want to make you know fetch a thing always with everything, and it's like can we just like. These things, if they're meant to be and like people are going to get into it, they will happen organically. Like, and that's yeah. what happened here. I mean, I understand that like you're going to put a lot of thought and, and effort and such into like the video that plays when the team comes out. Yeah, like, that I mean, you that have to do stuff. that. Everybody does like that. That, that makes sense. Yeah. But like the swag serving thing, like you said, I think was kind of completely organic. They happened to play it a couple times at the right spot. You know, the guys got excited. Then it was like, hey, actually, it was that it was that Miami game that Dave was talking yeah, about Miami where it took game. off because I have a video of it from yeah. the press box it's just um, wild uh, and that was like all like that wasn't planned or anything the kids got jacked yeah. up and they were like hey let's do it let's keep doing that mm-hmm. uh pretty cool all right dave yeah you, you got two more what you got that was a good one all right so i had one written down but i want this one to go first because i really don't know why it hasn't been mentioned it's the uh the Ahmad Hawkins touchdown celebration at oh, oh man that's a go. really good one that's a good like, one yeah. that's yeah. that's like literally done. like iconic yeah, that like. that is. I mean, the Sabers logo is literally that one. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> the Sabers literal like isn't that still their their logo? Is, it was for still, a long time. I think it still is. I think it still is. I think that that's what Chris and them use. Um, man, what an iconic play and shot and oh man, that's a great choice. That's really cool. That's a really talk good about one. like we were talking about PA announcers. I think Ron Franklin was calling that game and. Mm. Yeah. I've watched the clips, and he, he yeah. was just very much like matter of fact about it. It's like he's like, and he scored a touchdown. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that was like a thirty-point comeback. Yeah, right. Um, in a rivalry yeah. game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's a great choice. Right, um, I have I have two more recent ones. Um, I'm going to go with the one. I'll just go with the football one first. Um, Zane Zandier's kill across his face oh when they played gosh. Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was something. That I wouldn't something. pick it if they didn't win, but yeah. they won. So yeah, I, I'll pick did. it. <laughs> that was really cool, and he made a few plays down the stretch and got like a lot of TV time. I remember like Barstool picked it up, and it was like a big thing, you know. So like, I just that's just a cool thing that you don't see a lot of UVA players doing stuff like that. So it was kind of just like a different sort yeah, of thing. I agree. Yeah. Um, that's a really good one. I like that. Uh, all right. I'm, I've got two more and I'm, I am going to break the rule and I'm going to pick them both now because you know what? Um, we're 50 minutes in and, and if people are enjoying this then they don't care about the rules. 
Um, my first one, they're both, t- they're both touchdown celebrations. My first one is Brendan Armstrong's, are you not entertained? Um, Oh, that's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of an emerging thing. I feel like. Yeah. Because I, he did it. And I remember He's I done like, it a few times. Yeah. He did the first time he did it. He like, you know, he, he barrels into the end zone he pops up and he puts his arms out like that. Right. And I, I don't know if in the moment he intended it to be that, but it certainly was that. And so I, I remember tweeting like instantly, like a, the gif from gladiator, of of him doing it you know and i feel like it took a little while for people to really like catch on that that's what that was but it is such it that is one of the coolest like celebrations because one you're not going to get a flag for it your arms are literally out you know like there's there's nothing to it but it was the reaction of the players around him like he's got his arms out and they're all like just losing their minds and he's just doing the thing and he's like and then i think he did a he scored again and he i feel like he actually spiked the ball and then he puts the arms out he's like are you know are you not i mean i don't know if he's saying the words but it certainly looks like he is clearly you know in, implying the the quote so yeah that one's definitely on my list and then man talk about iconic give me Eli Handback's touchdown Again, I, this is not necessarily the play. It's the way he held the ball, right? In the I most, always like the Jordan Max celebration part of that. The most. Yeah, he right. Like freaked out. <laughs> yeah, but but Eli holds the ball up, in like that is the most Eli thing ever, right? Um, like Eli Handback was like the most. Hey like, guys, I found it. Dependable, <laughs> found right? He's like the most dependable dude. Like Broncos always talking about, he's like always in the right spot. You know, da 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 da. And I'm convinced that one of the biggest, you know, things that helped that team was his consistency and, and his his versatility and all. But like, he just holds the ball up. He's not like losing his mind, you know. It's like a very sort of you know against gladiator. Like just he just shows the ball, and it's such an iconic thing because he's just holding the ball, and it and because of what it meant in that moment to that whole stadium. Well, at least the those of us who who were pulling for UVA in that moment, right? Like, he's holding the ball and, like, just the, just the what that really meant, you know? Like, it's not a situation where, like, everybody was in a pile and the referees held their hands up. Like, no, no, Eli held the ball up and showed it to the to the, the whole Commonwealth, you know? And I will never get – I just think that that's one of the coolest moments. And for it to be celebrated in such a Eli way, I think is really telling or and, and really yeah. appropriate, so – and you yeah, combine you know, that with the fact if if you find different angles of that play from like people in the stands or whatever, there's several different uh, YouTube uploads of that game. You know, you have to remember like the average fan probably thought it was a safety at first, and then it became apparent like the ball had been recovered by Virginia. So you see Eli holding the ball up, and you also if you look in the stands, you'll see people realizing it's not a safety; it's a touchdown for Virginia. So it's yeah. That's that's a good one too. And the safety would have been almost as good anyway. Like and so like yeah. people were celebrating safety, like yeah. they won the game because they kind of yeah. did. They're like, no, no, no. touchdown. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, we noticed it because all the tech like and and hooker like got off the ground and didn't have the ball. And we were like, uh what? <laughs> like, you know, that's makes me wonder. Well, it's like Mamdi clapping at the end of the um final four game against Auburn. Me and Brad yes. were like, uh did we you could were on the other side of the court. Where you're like, yeah. did they actually that probably they, should make my list too? Is mom and he I, I didn't hear the whistle, so like, I, I, I mean, it, I when you watch it on TV, you can hear it clearly. Yeah, like, you can. Yeah. I just remember in the moment being like, mom and he's clapping, they called a foul, he's going to the free throw line, they're gonna win. Like, it was like boom, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom in my brain. 
And that's kind of how it went down. Of course, I also thought when he made the shot against Louisville that they had won. For just a brief second, I was like, oh, they won. Oh, you mean against Purdue? Sorry, yes. I said at Louisville, like in the the stadium, I bet. Um, But, yeah, that that whole, yeah, the the momity clapping. It's like, oh, thank God. Um, All right, Dave, I think you're up. Yeah, I got got one more. I've got several I want to do here, but I'm going to settle on this one because – I'm guessing Brad will remember this more than Justin, but the UVA interception streak. Um, oh, yeah. What, what was that, we, like 30-something games? I was going to say 37 was uh, was what I thought it was. And it That's like, pretty crazy. Yeah. When was I mean, this? It, basically, <laughs> like, like I do not know about Early this. 90s through okay. 2000. Yeah. That's, basically, yeah, I mean, it, like, somewhere in that range. But it was, like, every game for a long time. Um, and it would become, like, the rant. They'd be, like, you know, down big and still managed to get an interception somehow late. It was crazy. But, yeah, that was like every Virginia game, that was one of the talking points, right? Like at some point in the game, they're going to talk about the streak. So it's it's part of my, like, Virginia fandom. The random thing that sticks with me like that is actually the ending of the streak, and it was uh, Larry Fitzgerald had this, like, really long touchdown streak. Um, I think it was like 20 games or something crazy. Yeah, and I think it was his last college game, and UVA didn't let him score. And it was like the first time Although anybody had held him up. Yeah, it's just it's just insane that he had like that many touchdowns, you know. Yeah. Um, and his quarterback wasn't very good. I mean, he was fine, but it wasn't like he had a pro quarterback. Um, yeah, just Kenny wild. Pickett. Yeah, it was not Kenny Pickett. I don't think uh, he might have. He's like that old though. I think actually, he's old enough to have played <laughs> with Larry Fitzgerald. Sorry, right, wait, real quick, real time follow up. November 30th, 1996, 39 straight games that Virginia intercepted a pass. So that would uh, take you up back to like 99? October. No, no, it was, it, that's when it ended. It, it started oh, okay. in October 1993. Druckenmiller was, was, he had uh, 22 passes um, in, uh, in the game and n- did, not get it, uh, did not get a pick, but UVA won that game, um, according to the Roanoke Times. November thirtieth, nineteen ninety. Douglas Dowdy, perhaps. Uh, no, this looks like he was compiled. Um, uh, he he gave the delegated classic. God, Tiki Barber's one hundred sixty-two yards were the most against Virginia Tech during the season. The only player to go over one hundred yards against the Hokies before that Saturday was Syracuse's Donovan McNabb. Seventeen-point margin marked the most lopsided loss. Oh, I guess I guess Virginia did lose that game. Just kidding. Um, because the way this thing starts off is. Uh, Virginia football coach George Welsh has been eager for the Cavaliers NCAA streak to end. He just wanted to end in a victory. So we go out, and the next game, we start intercepting passes again. Defensive coordinator Rick Lance said, the only streak that bothers me is the last two times down here we won, and today we lost. So I guess I didn't read well enough. Sorry. So anyway, so yeah, it, 39 games ended in 1996. Well done. In so there you go. Good job, boys. All right. Ferber, did you have one more? I did, and it kind of came to me in the last five minutes. Um, I had a different one lined up. I was going – can I, I – this is the last pick, right, of the draft? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Okay. So what I was going to do was Joe Reed kick returns, even the ones oh, he wow. didn't return. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, anytime they kicked – they got a kickoff, it was like they could score on this play, which is not something you see very often. I mean, they haven't returned a kick since, right? So um, – what I'm going to go with is a much more obvious one that I can't believe we just forgot about, and that's UVA fan reactions to shot clock violations. 
it is like un, it's like un, unbelievable i mean like not just the reaction to the violation but the reaction to under 10 under yeah, five yeah. like it gets loud in there um and i you know i haven't been to a lot of games since covid i mean nobody has really but um in the crowds you know a lot of people were wearing masks so you know not as loud but i just remember like pre-covid like some of the loudest moments I heard at UVA basketball games were shot clock violations. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to continue until Tony's gone. Yeah, I agree. All right, Dave, I'm going to ask you to do some real time. Um, what year was it? Carolina's up late football. Uh, Carolina's 96. up late. Huh? The interception return. I know about this one. 1996. <laughs> okay. So what was, who was the, what was the backup quarterback's name? What was his Tim name? Sherman. Tim Sherman. Okay, thank you. Those of you out there like s- cussing at me, calm down. All right. In July, so, we're just gonna do one. Where we just name, we're just gonna name random quarterbacks. <laughs> Tim Sherman. You guys see that Dan tweet the other day? It's like dudes will just sit around and talk about random former players, and I had like the longest <laughs> yeah, list of random so names that just popped in my head. For some reason, Hippolito Corporan pops in my head like fairly frequently, and I wonder what he's up to. Anyway, Jeffrey Farrar. Let me right. Let me tell you a story about that that game. And I, I don't think I've told this on the podcast, um, but so we, my dad and his his best friend were notorious, like, traffic, like, haters. Like, anything they could do to get us out of those seats, out of the stadium, down the steps in the parking lot, or in the, in the um, yeah, in the parking lot, uh, in those old, rickety, like, steps that you went down to get into the old, I guess it was the West mm-hmm. lot then, or whatever. Um, they would do right. So they would agree at certain you know intervals. Like, okay, we're staying until this time. We're staying until this time. Well, that game was one of those that, like, you know what? We got to drive all the way back to Emporia. We're, we're out. We're gone, right? And we're leaving, and we hear the crowd starting to get excited, right? So we go back, and I, I still don't know like how mad. I, I can't tell you how angry I would have been if I had missed that, right? But it's just funny to me because, like, we did this constantly. And so then I see these, you know, in games, I'm, you know, I was like, I see these UVA fans leaving at certain intervals and people are like, oh, man, it's only a seven-point game. And I'm like, yep. And if it, when I was a kid, if it had been a seven-point game, my butt would have been in the car listening to it on the radio because, yeah. the, you know, you beat the traffic, you beat the traffic. There are some super fans who don't like to leave no matter what. And I get that. David Spence. A day, right, David Spence. But then there are those fans who are kind of like – uh I would just say that like nobody lives and dies with the who's more than, than my dad's best friend did and does. But like um, the idea <laughs> that he was still going to be in his seat when UVA was like clearly in a game that they weren't going to win is just preposterous. Right. Like it was like his, his it was like his silent objection to them losing was like, well, we're not going to wait around to see it and also be stuck in traffic. Let's go. Um, I think like there's different ways to view this thing. I mean, like I do definitely, there's definitely plenty of people that just bounce whenever, cause they feel like, it. I mean, there's people that would leave in the tie game have we do the fourth quarter. Cause they can't. Um, I also think that there's something to what you just said, which is like some people just get like really pissed off and like emotional about it. And that doesn't make them like bad fans for leaving. It's like self-preservation. <laughs> like they just can't. That way. Yeah. They, they're just like, that's it. Yeah. And like my grandfather's like that to like he'll watch a game and he'll just like he'll just have to like leave the room or like turn it off because he just gets like too like mad about it or yeah, yeah my, well that's part of my it dad too. was like, like that 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 comeback at virginia tech you know i think virginia was down what i can't remember the number but big time at halftime 
we were watching it and my dad was like, I'm turning it off. I'm not watching. I think it was like 29 to seven or something. Yeah. He's like, I'm not watching the second half. You guys want to do that. That's on you. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Some people can handle it. Some can't. And little did he know where the, where that rivalry would be now. (laughs) Like, Little does he know that's the only game I can pull as an example of why him stopping watching. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dave, didn't you have the same situation where you like left the game and like, something happened and then you like learn your lesson and now you oh, yeah. it, it was anymore. um <laughs> 1998 maybe i'll have to check the i'll have to check wiki virginia lost to duke um in overtime and they were they were leading but now it had to be later than that it had to be at 2000s um i was going to my first nascar race so yeah, it had probably be 2005 2006 you richmond ra- race was that NASCAR. day wow well you know i was going it was to the a NASCAR night race, race. it was that evening it was Virginia a night played race. early. <laughs> hey, they're fun to go to if you've never been to one. No, anyway, I know, I know. Um, they are. They are. They are. But yeah, um, it's going to my first one. And so we had to leave the game. We were going to stay till the end, but Virginia had a lead. And the game ended crazy. I'll have to go look up the details. But that was the last game I've left early. Like, I, well, I take that back. Military I Bowl. I was forced to leave the Military Bowl early because I was. That one, that one, like, you, you would have been almost foolish to stay. Like, but we, we, in we retrospect, I should have stayed because I didn't move for two hours. I just yeah. sat in the car. <laughs> it took a Brad and I a long time to get back from there, too. Yeah, it was not bad. fun. That was not fun. I, I have a story that I can, I can send this out on real right, quick. Let's hear it. This is not about like a comeback or anything. So you were talking about the game against Carolina. Um, I've never told this story to anyone and it's not that bad. And I completely kind of forgot about it. Um, but I don't remember her name. So I can't really like get anybody in trouble or anything. It doesn't even matter. It was a long time ago. So my senior year in high school, um, you know, I was applying to colleges and whatever, and we had like a college advisor. Um, and I believe, I can't remember the details. She might've been like a grad student at UVA or was like an undergrad. And that was like her, like, kind of like a student teacher job, if that makes sense. So she would like come to our high school and like help us like apply to colleges and stuff. And, you know, nothing, nothing weird about it. You know, like she was cool. Um, And UVA played North Carolina on a Thursday night. Um, It was like Jamel Sewell's playing quarterback. Uh, I remember they won the game and me and my friend went up and met, met up with some friends of ours that went to UVA that were a year older than us and went to the game. We were in the student section. And I saw my college advisor there again. She was either just had graduated from UVA or was like still a student. And she was like very inebriated and she was like right next to us basically. And we like made eye contact and both just kind of like nodded at each other to like acknowledge our like mutual understanding that we would never talk about this again. (laughs) And then never (laughs) talked about it. Like never said anything. Yeah. Just a random thing that I just thought about. That's fun. All right. Well, and then the next day she was back at the school, you know, doing her job. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I am proud. I'm not to steal a second, but I had maybe it's me wanting to be a positive fan, but I, I feel like Virginia, like losing, feeling like Virginia's going to lose a big game should be part of <laughs> the iconic thing because that was such a big part of, you know, between Georgia Tech and Chaminade, UMBC, it always feels like Virginia has these huge losses, but I just didn't want to speak that negativity onto our list, even though I just did. I mean, honestly, like getting to a big, quote-unquote, big game at this point is like something. I mean, the sports have just changed, right? I mean, like having the opportunity to play. Like that Georgia Tech football game, I mean, like 
has UVA had anything close to that since, like in magnitude? Probably not, right? Uh, Maybe no. that like Florida State game in 2004. There, you where, just came up with a good podcast topic. Yeah, where <laughs> they were like both top 10, but I mean, they got the doors blown off of them. So it's pretty not, it's pretty like unmemorable now. Now, there was a game against Georgia Tech in the, like after the Georgia Tech game in 98, I think Virginia was ranked top five and on a roll. Yeah. Yeah. Some, so there's been some seasons, but nothing, nothing like that one. Like they still talk about that in ACC history. So, um, yeah, they did like a documentary or whatever about it. Yeah. So. Crazy. Um, one day they'll do a documentary about this draft. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's, let's land this plane before we get to talking about something else. Um, but I, we we did an hour on that, so I'm very impressed with us right now. If you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, we appreciate that. Now, if you're somebody out there who's found the pod but has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CapsCorner.com. Look, I'm not going to run through all the stuff. There's just a lot of stuff. Um, there's I got a Monday motive. Oh, we should have talked about that tonight. The Monday motivation, the thing about Kihei, which I thought was just, you know, I read Teal's story last week. But anyway, um, Ferber's got five breakout performers on offense and defense. Um, Houston caught up with TJ Power. Um, all kinds of fun stuff up there. So anyway, check out the website, CavsCorner.com. I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. And I also want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show and continuing to give us a listen, uh, even as we <laughs> work through all of our fun off-season topics. And, of course, I want to thank David for bringing graciously over time, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.